For those of you who missed the fact that I almost got hit by a train, you can listen to the sermon online. Huh? Definitely worth it. <laughs> I've got more crazy stories, don't worry. Dog fight, uh, cobra fight, all kinds of good stuff. We'll, yeah, we'll get to it. But this is about Jesus, not about me. So let's uh, pray, and then we will jump right in. Lord God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you are present in our midst today. Whatever's been happening, Lord, whatever we have coming after this, may we be present right here, right now, to hear your word, to be blessed, to be loved, and to learn to love. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are in the midst of Advent. This is week three, and week three has this focus on joy. So we are remembering Jesus' coming and anticipating his coming again. And we've gone through, we've gone through hope, we've gone through peace, we're in joy, and we'll get to love. And when you look at kind of the progression, I think it actually builds on itself. That we start with hope, which is this idea of God's present yet coming kingdom. We go into peace, which is kind of about that kingdom, about experiencing that now. And now we're entering into joy. And joy has to do with the fulfillment of our desire. Now, this is different than happiness, right? Because you can have a sense of joy, a deeper sense of joy, and not exactly be happy all the time. I mean, I was reading, there's a book called The Book of Joy, and it's a fascinating book. It's by the Dalai Lama and Archbishop uh, Desmond Tutu. And they meet together to sort of talk about joy. And they're really funny dudes. Like, they, like, kiss each other and hug and, you know, laugh and tickle each other, you know. It's, they're pretty cool guys. But they've both been through some incredibly difficult things. The Dalai Lama, for example, is still exiled from his homeland. And so they say, you know, it's not always about being happy, but joy has a deeper sense of connection. There's something deeper within us that connects to joy. And for me, this is this story that was just read to us where an angel declares to shepherds, he says that, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Now, this is a very interesting phrase, because in the original manuscripts, there's two different ways to translate this passage. I am going to disagree with the NIV and give you a different translation. Are you ready? Is that okay with everybody? Good? All right. Now, it turns out that the translation difference is only like one letter. It's a very small difference, and the texts disagree about what this letter should be. And what it does is it changes a word to what's known as the genitive case. Woo! Yeah. Right. Everyone, everyone's following? Let me just give you basically what the difference is. The difference has to do with the second line, where it says... On earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. But here's the thing. That is one way of understanding the idea of the peace only on those who God's favor is on. Another way to translate it when you see that there's one different letter is like this. Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Do you see the difference? It's just making a declaration of peace on earth, goodwill to everyone. Not just to those on whom God's favor rests, 
but peace on earth, goodwill to everybody. Now, this actually makes more sense of the passage, I believe, because when the angel comes, right before this, in verse 8, it says, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. He's saying this good news I'm bringing is for everybody, and it will be cause for great joy. So this threefold idea is meant to bring us great joy. This is where our joy lies. Now, I want to actually take you through it because I believe that you actually can see hope and peace here. Because in the first line, it says, glory to God in the highest. Well, this is a proclamation that God is on the throne of the universe, that God is all-powerful, that God is in control. Now, there's lots of little thrones on the earth, aren't there? Right? You've got different kings, you have different political parties, you have different corporations, you have people with a lot of money, you have local leadership. There's all these thrones all over the world, and they want to say, I'm in control, I have power, you need to do what I say, you need to be on my good side. And in the ancient world, this was really painful for people, because the person on the throne of the world at that time was Caesar Augustus. And Caesar and Rome weren't exactly very friendly to God's people all the time. So this proclamation says, whatever earthly thrones exist, they are not of ultimate power. The only one with the ultimate power is the glory to God on the highest, truest throne, who actually has power over all these other thrones. So whatever these people might be able to do to you, it's a tiny little nothing throne compared to the ultimate throne of God. So this is our hope. Our hope is not in any earthly fix. Our hope is in God. Our hope is in the promise of the resurrection. So I actually think Advent can come straight from this passage because you have all the elements. You have hope. Now you have peace on earth. That one's pretty easy. It says peace, which is week two. That's what we discussed last week. Peace on earth. Now peace has to do with the wholeness or the completeness of everything. The shalom, which means the reconciliation of all people and all things. Because do you realize that this creation we live in this world we've been given was meant to be good for everybody. That's how it was created. It was created to work for all the animals, all the creation, all people, for our relationship with ourselves, for our relationship with God. So peace on earth, why is this good news of great joy to everybody? Because peace on earth restores goodness for each and every person. So we have hope, we have peace, and it's a good news of great joy. Why? Goodwill to men. Now this idea of goodwill is God's desire for us. God's desire is seen in the creation. That God said it is good, it is good, it is good. Do you realize God says it is good in Genesis seven times? Does anyone know what the number seven is associated with in the Bible? Look at this. John, you've done a good job, man. I'm proud of you. Completion, right? Wholeness. So when God created things, he says it is fully good. It is wholly complete for you. Now go and make more good things. This is God's desire. And God has never given up on that desire. 
God has never just said, oh, you guys messed it up, you're on your own. The good news is God says, my desire is still for all people. And by the way, when I say all people, this is the truly good news. When I say all people, I mean all people. See, it's not insignificant that this good news of great joy (coughs) is proclaimed to shepherds. Because shepherds were not exactly at the top of the social ladder at the time. Now, there's a lot of scholarly debate about were they clean or unclean, where did they fully stand, but the general consensus is shepherds were on the bottom of society. (coughs) Which is a common thread throughout Jesus' life, isn't it? That it's those on the bottom who constantly receive this word. Think about when Jesus goes into Jericho and a man named Zacchaeus, who's an evil tax collector, can't even get close to Jesus because he's afraid of the crowd. What does Jesus do? He says, I'm going to eat in your house. (laughs) And he proclaims the good news from the house of the tax collector. Have you ever recognized who finds the tomb empty on Easter? (laughs) Women, right? Yeah. And we all know women's witness can't be trusted. Maybe. (laughs) Thank you for not throwing anything at me. No, but this was the belief in the ancient world. Did you know a woman couldn't be a witness like a man could be a witness? Yet Jesus says, they're going to be my witnesses. See, the medium is always the message. And so the fact that Jesus is, like, through these angels saying, Peace on earth and goodwill. God's desire is coming true for all people. He doesn't proclaim it to Caesar. He doesn't give it to Herod. He doesn't give it to the Sadducees or the Pharisees, the leaders. What? He goes to a lowly shepherd and says, here is the good news of great joy. I'm not just telling you that it's good news. I'm showing you it's for all people by revealing it to you first. Good news of great joy. God is our all-powerful God, enthroned in the universe, who wants peace for everyone and everything and has made it possible. Which reminds me of Justin Bieber. See, I don't know who you are, where you're from. See, at least you're paying attention. I thought it was in sync at first. So, you guys know this song, right? I mean, this is like the angel coming and say, I don't care who you are, where you're from. The good news is for you, right? Now you know why I'm not on the worship team. Some good theology from a boy band, right? You can find truth everywhere. Because why can you find truth everywhere? Because it is good news for everyone. And here's the thing. If this is God's desire, and this is the work God has always done, is to reach all people, and joy is having the deepest sense of who you are, your deepest desires fulfilled, then no wonder our joy is going to be linked 
to this good news being good for everyone. So from that same book of joy I talked about, check out this quote from Desmond Tutu. He's talking about what joy is. And he says, I mean simply, ultimately, our greatest joy is when we seek to do good for others. It's how we are made. I mean, we're wired to be compassionate. We are wired to be caring for the other and generous to one another. We shrivel when we are not able to interact. See, our God is a God who is constantly going out toward others. I mean, do you realize the very nature of God is a community? That the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are not first and foremost one being, but three persons that make up one trinity. So within God's own dynamic is always a self-giving repetition for all eternity of the Father giving to the Son and Holy Spirit. The Son going toward the Father and the, uh, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit going to the Son and Father. It is a, what some call a dance. That they are dancing with one another in love of one will of one joy. Now, when you have such a dynamic loving relationship, can you keep such a thing to yourself? No. So God had to go out, not had to from some philosophical, God had to do this, but the very nature of love said, we need to share this with others. We need to create more. So God, in God's very being and very self, expands out to create. And God created us and said, I'm going to make a being in my own image so that they can share in the same loving relationship with me and with one another. So Desmond Tutu's on to something when he said, it's how we're made, we're wired. Our greatest joy is found in our relationships with one another because it's literally how we're made. When we do anything else, something's going to break because we weren't made to function in that way. God created us for one another, which is why he proclaims his good news to shepherds and says it is for all people. And so joy, then, means that you realize what you need has already been offered to you. What you most deeply desire is already available. And when you know the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, when you're in relationship with others, it means you already have it. Which opens yourself for all kinds of practical outpourings. It means that you no longer need control of everything because you can bless freely. You don't have to grip everything tightly. You can give away. You don't have to have all the power. You can empower others. It's not all about me, it's about us. That perspective change can bring immediate great joy when you stop saying, what do I need, and how can we be together? That also changes us from envy of needing what someone else has to gratitude for what we already have. Because our deepest desire has already been fulfilled. I mean, C.S. Lewis says, someone who has God and everything else has no more than someone who just has God. Let me get weird with you for a second. The human mind cannot grasp infinity. 
Did you know that? So I want you to think of a library. You got a library in your head? All right, good. Now I want you to consider this library is an infinite library of red and blue books, okay? Everyone have an infinite library of red and blue books? Now I want you to remove all the blue books from the library. Are there less books in the library now? No. Weird, right? And if you add a bunch of green books, are there more books in the infinite library? No. Weird, right? You can see, you guys all have that spinning apple wheel, you know? <laughs> but this is what it's like. God gave us an infinite desire for relationship, and it's already there. So whatever other stuff we get can't add to our joy, and whatever we lose cannot take away from it. Because the only infinite desire of our heart is a relationship with God, a relationship with the body of Christ, and nothing can add to or take away from that. And so this Advent, my invitation for you would be, how can you expand out in the way of the Trinity? Can you recognize that your joy is already in you and with you? And then how can you be intentional about sharing that joy with others? Because this is the natural movement of your life. The natural movement of your life is outward toward others. So this means you can live with open hands. This means that we can forgive. This means that we have nothing to fear or be anxious about. This means that we've already been fulfilled, so we don't need to be envious. We don't need to put others down to put ourselves up. We have nothing to worry about. So brothers and sisters, may you accept this invitation to the eternal fulfillment of your desire in Jesus, the one who moved outward from heaven into a manger. God didn't just create the world. God came out of heaven into the world for us. How can you go out of yourself into the world to not just experience joy, but to invite others into this joy offered by the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that our ultimate joy is in you. And that you didn't withhold it. You didn't make us earn it. You just offer it freely. Good news of great joy that you are on the throne. That peace has already been made because of the incarnation, the cross, and the empty tomb. And it is good news for all people. So Lord, I pray for each and every man and woman in this room that they would have that joy that can only be fulfilled by you. And Lord, may you, through your spirit, guide us to be people of joy in the world where we fulfill this desire to connect with others, to love others, to serve others, to forgive others, to recognize that we don't need anything and nothing can be taken from us because you are our Father. Lord, may we be people of hope, peace, joy, and love. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite my couple of servers forward.